The Write-Off, a crime comedy drama. Episode 2, written by Jennifer Alexander. Script edited by Norla Munn, Philippa Duke, Heather Fenton and Natalie Heath. Casting by Gemma Parrish. Edited at Lana Banana Studios in Sevenoaks. A special thank you to the Heritage Garden Kitchen in Bidden, The Pink Cloud, Charlotte Bass and Sarah Lee Jones. Narrated by Matt Lacey. Starring Jamie Davis, Heather Fenton, Natalie Heath, Duncan Woodruff, James Hannaway, Victoria Jones, Ruth Hayes, Mark Hill, Melissa Smethurst, Aaron Burks and Heather Alexander. A special thank you to one of our actors, James Hannaway, who fundraises for the Big Cat Sanctuary. They are happy to announce a new exciting addition to their Big Cat Sanctuary, a female black jaguar cub. Please become a member to see this exciting addition. Please visit thebigcatsanctuary.org forward slash membership. And to Duncan Woodroff, who runs specialised stage combat courses, they are running a summer course on the 2nd to the 6th of August and can be contacted at swordandscoundrel at gmail.com. Thank you, Phil, from Ogden's Photography, who did an excellent job on taking relaxed style photos on the day of the recording session. He can do all types of photography. He has beautiful artwork and prints available at ogdenphotography.co.uk. Part 2 Exterior, the front door of a flat, day. Shane looks at his watch, then sees Caroline's car pull up. She gets out of the car. Hi, Shane. Hi, Caroline. Sorry to hear about Lydia. Are you sure you don't need to be there? I can't be, unfortunately, because of the rules. So, this is it? Yeah. I thought best to see what you thought of it and, uh, well, I don't know the area too well. Of course. Happy to help. As Caroline follows Shane inside, a next-door neighbour, Lee, walks out of their flat with a fag in his mouth and a short dressing gown. He goes to his car to get a change bag. There's a breeze which reveals his bare bottom. A woman, Lee's wife, comes out of the flat with three children clinging to her, one on each hip and one holding onto her leg. Oi, Lee, you're going to take the kids out or what? Oh, pop down, woman, I'm coming, I'm coming, ain't I? Bloody better be. They're driving me up the wall. Oh, stop nagging. You're lucky to have me. Oh, I could have had anyone, you know. I oh, know. Sorry, babe. He walks back up to the doorway and points at his cheek, which she kisses. He bends over to take the milk and bread at the door, once again revealing his bum. A pedestrian walks by with a small child. <gasps> the child stares and points. The pedestrian covers the child's eyes. Caroline and Shane wander around the furnished flat, looking in at the lounge and kitchenette. Oh, it looks good to me. I don't know why you felt you had to move out, though. But he is going through a lot and I didn't want to impose. They approach the bedroom. Looks nice. As Caroline turns back to Shane, he's close to her, and she accidentally bumps into him. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Don't be. Shane smiles and leans in to kiss Caroline. She looks confused. What? What? What are you? What are you doing? Shane steps back, embarrassed. Sorry. I. I thought. Uh, I'm an idiot. I've completely misread things. Caroline smiles. No. Caroline kisses him. 
Interior, hospital ward, day. Lydia is laying drowsily alone in her room and is hooked up to morphine. She takes out her phone and goes to call Amit but decides against it. Instead, she takes out her iPad to look at the case and the suspects. A nurse comes in with her paperwork. You should be resting. Lydia puts the iPad to the side and the nurse passes over the paperwork. Now this is just to protect the hospital so that you understand the risks of catching coronavirus, which could affect your recovery, and the general risks of the surgery. Lydia signs at the bottom of the form. Would I be allowed any visitors before the surgery? Oh, pet, I'm so sorry. No, we can't allow that at the moment. OK, that's fair enough. The nurse puts her hand on Lydia's shoulder and walks out. Lydia is left looking out the window. She gets her phone out and is about to call Amit, but hesitates. Exterior, care home, Tom's place of work, day. Tom, in a carer's uniform, leans against the building wall smoking. Molly and Matthew approach from Matthew's car. Matthew is now in a crisp white shirt. The kids are in the back watching a cartoon on an iPad. Oi, oi, player. Yeah, those days are behind me now, mate. Molly looks at Matthew and back at Tom, confused. Have I missed something? When we closed the case last time, Tom was my uh, wingman for a bit. (laughs) Wingman? During a pandemic? Where there's a will, there's a way. Tom winks at Molly, but she doesn't look pleased. Really, Matthew? I hope you didn't break any rules. We have a law to uphold, you know. That's a bit rich, isn't it? Okay, okay. Chill, guys. What's this about reopening the case? I I thought you concluded suicide for Pirelli. It's been reopened because there was an anonymous tip that it was a murder and it was someone within your theatre group. No way! You don't think it's me, do you? Molly shrugs. So, when we last spoke, you said you didn't know anyone who would try to harm Ellie? Yeah, I mean, Ellie were amazing. I mean, she was a strong person, but, but nice as well, you know. I can't see anyone deliberately trying to hurt her. A carer from the care home wheels out an elderly patient with an oxygen tank. They sit near each other in the front garden. Matthew notices her and so does she. Hey, Matthew, you've been there. It'd be a sure thing. I'm on duty. Tell her that joke I told you. Works every time. Molly sighs. Get it out of your system then. All right, fine. Matthew approaches them. It's a nice day, isn't it? Isn't it just? So, have you heard about the one with the granddad and the grandson? Oh, um, no, I don't think so. So, my granddad was always complaining about me relying on technology too much, okay? The elderly patient gasps for air and she helps him adjust his oxygen mask. Oh, okay. He was being a bit cheeky because he was relying on life support, so I pulled the... A little while later... Tom cracks up laughing. Matthew walks back to Molly and Tom. The carer dashes past them towards the entrance with the elderly patient in the wheelchair. Molly cringes. I obviously meant the one about the feminist in the light bulb. Matthew's phone rings. It's Lydia calling. Hi, just checking to see how you're going before I go into surgery. All right, yeah. Uh, Hey, this might cheer you up, Lyd. Yeah. A little while later... Lydia laughs. That's funny. Dark, but funny. 
Matthew smiles. Okay, I'll catch up with you later. Good luck with everything. Thanks. Bye. As Matthew hangs up, Tom looks at him suspiciously. So, what's going on there, eh? Don't even go there. We were together once, but she's got a lot of stuff going on and next a kid. Oh, that don't matter, mate. Why don't you just tell her? What is this, Oprah? Be great to get back on track with the case. The timing's never right. What, have I taught you nothing? Flowers, Matthew, they'll do all the talking for you. Can we focus, please? Hey, now, you sound a bit uptight, young lady. How about we go for a walk later, eh? Tom winks. Look, I I won't rule it out, okay, but you are a potential murder suspect again, and I need to check you're not killer first, if it's all the same to you. Molly gestures for Matthew to follow her and walks off. (laughs) She's a good feisty one, Matthew. You two never... um... God, no. She's my work wife, without any of the fun stuff. Right, gotcha. Interior, hospital, day... Lydia's looking through the suspect's files again and looks over Ben's file. Nan knows you, I think. The nurse comes in. It's nearly time, pet. I'll be back in five. Oh, OK. Thank you. Lydia texts Mary. Nan, can you go talk to Ben? He was one of the suspects. She puts the iPad away and tries to call Matthew, but there's no answer. The nurse comes in. The orderly's just coming, Lydia. Are you ready? Lydia starts crying. Oh, darling, you're going to be all right, my love. Yeah, I guess so. An orderly comes in and helps Lydia onto the bed, and a surgeon follows. We'll take good care of you, Mrs... Surgeon looks at the paperwork to find her name. Just call me Lydia. Thanks. Interior, church, day... Mary walks into the church. Ben is lighting a remembrance candle. Ben! Oh, hello. I've been meaning to speak to you, dear. Is it about the cake stall Saturday? I'm sorry, I will make something to contribute. No, 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 no. It's about poor Ellie. Ellie? What about her? Sit down, dear. Ben sits down nervously and wipes sweat from his forehead with a handkerchief. This is going to be hard for you to hear now, as I know that you loved her very much. What? What is it? They're saying it was one of you. That night that murdered her, there was an anonymous... They're, um, reopening the case. Ben looks genuinely shocked. I, I don't... I don't understand. There was no one there except her. We were all on that call. Never mind, dear. Look, if it's a waste of time, this tip-off, they'll find out soon enough. Who could do such a thing? Exterior, Stuart's front door, day. Molly and Matthew stand at the front door wearing masks. Molly knocks. They wait patiently. Molly knocks again. The sound of something being knocked over comes from the garden. Molly and Matthew come through the gate and take a look at the beautifully landscaped garden at the back of the period house. Music on a record player plays. There's a broken plate on the floor. Stuart is lying back in his deck chair with a straw hat resting over his face and a psychology book open on the grass. Stuart? 
Stuart flinches and peers out from under his hat. Oh, oh, why, hello. It's you lovely young people. He turns down the music a little. Stuart sees the broken plate. Oh, Mitzi! Uh, that would be the cat from next door. Frightful beast. <sighs> that was Mother's best, you know. He picks up the pieces and places them on a little table. Beautiful garden, Stuart. Uh, yes, it belonged to my parents and I've kept it going in their memory. Sir, fabulous. Stuart and Molly raised their eyebrows. So, you two, did you fix your codependency? What? Oh, that's right. I never got round to telling you that. You're both too comfortable together. I think that's why I I'm guessing you haven't uh, found other people. Yes, we're still single. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, not at all. But I bet he's still pining after that girl, eh? Molly rolls her eyes, but Matthew looks irritated. The subject's already been covered today, thanks. I could write a book about it if I didn't want to kill myself first. Oh, yes, before I forget to mention, Molly, you should come and see me on your own soon and work on those abandonment issues. Not to worry, lovely. We've all been messed up some way by our parents. It's really not something I want to talk about with you. Or ever. But thank you for the offer. And Matthew, you really ought to try men. They are so much simpler. They know what they want. Oh, I didn't know you were gay, Stuart. Oh, my dear. A detective, are you? Matthew looks around at the homoerotic statues in the garden. He notices one statue looks cleaner than the matching statue next to it. Never married more. Musical theatre. Matthew, you naughty boy. I'm not a stereotype. Can we get back to the point of being here, please? You wouldn't know any reason why anyone would want to hurt Ellie. She was a nice lady, but very private. You didn't agree on the character you were playing, according to Ben. <laughs> ben knew I had issues with her on that, yes. Let's just say Ben really understood me. We had, dare I say, a connection. Molly and Matthew sideways glance at each other. <sighs> he hasn't been answering my calls, though. You don't think he's in hiding, do you? Yeah, probably just came on too strong, Stuart. You didn't get on with Tom, though, did you? I think someone mentioned you'd had an argument. <laughs> that scamp. He's a very insecure man. Hadn't noticed. Yes, I heard about you two. He's not all that he seems. Oh? He didn't mention it, did he? Who he was seeing, the months leading up to poor Ellie's death. Come on, mate, out with it. It was Amelia. She had him hook, line and sinker. He was giving up everything for her. What? And she ended it? Crying comes from Molly's phone. As she gets it out, her baby monitor app shows Zoe has woken up, with Noel and Liam in the car. Interior, hospital, day. In the surgery room, the anaesthetist puts a mask over Lydia's face. OK, Lydia. Count down from 100 for me. Lydia passes out.
Dream Sequence, Interior, Recording Studio, Day. Ellie turns the lock on the studio door and sits down at her desk. A shot fires and Ellie falls forward onto her laptop. The Zoom call has everyone's faces just staring at Ellie in shock, except Ben, whose face is frozen. From the ceiling, a hook falls and lands on the carpet. Interior, Amelia's house, day. Caroline is just leaving Amelia's house in her nurse's uniform. Amelia's at the front door in an apron covered in paint. Matthew and Molly approach and Caroline tries to avoid eye contact with them, but then smiles and walks off to her car. The kids are calling out for them from the car with the windows down. I'm hungry. This place. Oh, don't leave them in there, bored. Come through the side, they can play in the garden. Oh, thank you, that's, that's kind. Amelia comes out with a tray of drinks and cookies. The kids come up to her and take one. So you said you were reopening the case? Yeah, we are. You were good friends with Ellie, you said, last time? Yes, yeah, I was. Stuart told us you had a relationship with Tom. Oh, that, yeah, sorry, I'd almost forgotten myself. How did you nab him? I mean, he's a bit of a one, isn't he? Oh, that was all the facade, really. He wanted children and I just wasn't ready. It was as simple as that. There's a 15-year age gap between you two, isn't there? It's bound not to work, really. Age is just a number. The children get into art studio at the back of the garden. Oh, uh, I forgot to lock it. Better get them out of there as I left the paint out. Amelia walks quickly towards it. The kids come out and she locks up. Was there anything else I could help you with? Exterior, Amelia's house, day. Caroline approaches Molly and Matthew as they come out with the kids. Did you get anywhere? No. Then there's more you don't know about, but I can't tell you more than that. Okay. Matthew gets out his phone and goes to call Lydia. You look really well, Caroline. Have you done something different? Oh, do I? Caroline laughs nervously. <laughs> I can't call Lydia, can I? She's just had surgery. Call Shane. The amateur? I don't think so. Matthew phones Shane. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to help, but I, I wouldn't want to do anything illegal. Matthew walks away from Molly as she's busy buckling in Zoe. I'll look the other way just this once, OK? Caroline can't tell us what's going on, but you probably could, Shane. Well, I was going to surprise Lydia when she calls me. She's been so down about things lately. Police investigation information isn't a pick-me-up, Shane. Oh, yeah. Of course. I found out Ellie and Amelia shared the same Wi-Fi on the day of the murder. So they were pretending to be in separate houses on the Zoom call. Wow. OK, um, how am I going to come across that intel without Amelia knowing this? You're on your own there, mate. I can look into the other suspects... Just got a meeting with the publisher today, so I'll be a bit busy with that. The studio. Matthew hangs up and looks back at the house. He sees Amelia distracted watching TV. Come on, Matthew. Are you getting in? Drive off and park around the corner. OK. Molly drives off. Matthew walks towards the gate to Amelia's garden. Matthew looks through the studio from the window. His eyes widen when he sees various nude portraits of Ellie. Amelia is behind him. You two were... Uh... Yes. 
Amelia starts to cry. <laughs> Look, I'm not good with this stuff. Do you want to sit down? Amelia shakes her head. Can I call a friend for you, or...? Amelia shakes her head and starts to compose herself. Sorry, grief just creeps upon me. I've had all these conflicting thoughts because we had to keep it a secret, but I loved her. She was the same age as Tom, wasn't she? So it definitely wasn't the age gap then that was the issue? No, it wasn't. I had fun with Tom, but then realised he was actually very different when his guard was down. He wanted to settle down and was very insecure. He wanted kids, a white picket fence. Ellie was the most down-to-earth person I knew, and she was so beautiful. She never pushed me into anything. I take it you kept this from Tom? Tom wasn't the only one we had to keep it from. It was Ben, too. Ben? I assumed you knew. She broke up with Ben a couple of months before. It couldn't have been crying with passion because he wasn't there. He was on the Zoom call, anyway. So Ben never knew? Ellie thought she saw someone spying on us when we were together, but I didn't see anything. Flashback, interior, Ellie's bedroom, evening. Ellie and Amelia are kissing and unbuttoning each other's clothes, then fall to the floor. A disturbance outside stops them in their tracks for a moment. Ellie looks outside and then shuts the curtains. Ellie looks back to Amelia, a little anxious. What is it? Nothing I can't handle. Ellie goes back to Amelia. They kiss passionately and fall onto the bed. End of flashback. Interior, Matthew's car, day. Matthew and Molly are having a video conference with Lydia on Matthew's phone. I'm a bit high. Got a huge dose of morphine. Woo! Sorry, Lydia, we shouldn't have bothered you. We can fill you in on where we are later. I've had weird, weird dreams. Not including the one I had about all of us having sex before I came to the hospital. Molly cringes. Matthew, hang up. Hang up. Was I in it? Molly tries to grab the phone off Matthew. So, I'm alone again. With my thoughts. No Amit or any other man. I see things so clearly now. Without men in my life, it makes much more sense. You know? Does it, though? You really shouldn't rule anything out. Molly tries to grab the phone again, but gives up. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Keep me simmering on your back burner until you're ready to take me on. No. So, what were you talking about? Oh, the case. Yes, right. I'm going to call the suspects. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea, Lyd. Lydia picks up a banana to her ear like a phone. Hello? Are you the murderer? She picks up an orange to her ear. Hello? She looks at the orange, confused. She's off her face, Mom. You think? I'm not getting much out of this one. Maybe you could work on this one with some of your charm, Molly. Ha! Good luck with that. Get some rest, Lydia. Molly ends the call. Okay, so what would Lydia be thinking about right now, if she wasn't high as a kite? Molly shrugs. 
the hook was bothering us. And there was a garden statue at Stuart's that was completely clean. And one exactly the same next to it that was dirty. So he didn't have time to clean the other one? Or he had a reason to clean one and not the other. What is bothering me is that we still haven't got hold of Ben for further questioning. I'll try him again now. Matthew calls Ben's phone. No answer. Stuart said he might have done a runner. Let's try the amateur. See if he can do some digging again. Matthew calls Shane's phone. Interior, Shane's new flat, day. Shane is drinking tea in the kitchenette in his dressing gown. His phone rings. Hello? Hi, Shane. Did you get some? Excuse me? Did you get some more information? We're looking deep into Ben at the moment and he's not answering his phone. Ah, right. Shane looks back towards his bedroom and Caroline murmurs in her sleep. No, I didn't get round to that. Could you get on your PC or whatever you use and take a look and do what you do? Off the record, of course. I'm not near my PC at the moment. I'm taking a personal day. Maybe you should do what Lydia does and try and work it out the old-fashioned way. Sorry I couldn't help. Shane hangs up. He walks back into the bedroom. Caroline wakes up a little. Mm, Come back to bed. So, uh, what's the plan today then? Are we keeping a lid on this for now? It would be nice if it could just be us for now. A lot of drama going on around us. Sounds good to me. Shane gets into bed and Caroline rolls over to him. Interior, Matthew's car, day. Matthew turns to Molly. He fobbed us off. He's right, though. We're trained for this. We can use our heads. Well, any clue? Yeah. Something has been bothering me. Why would Stuart point us towards Ben initially as possibly leaving the hook at the studio? When, according to him, he had a connection. 